0: You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. Today we have a fun episode because I have a guest who you have heard from before. And on the last episode, we actually mentioned that she was going to come back and talk about this topic, which is her version of the fae and what fairy sort of means to her, which is a little bit different than we've talked about before. So once again, I'm going to let her introduce herself, remind you where you can find her online, and then we will get started.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Heather Lynn. I am the Wild Woodland Witch, and you can find me on YouTube. You can also find me on Instagram as the Wild Woodland Witch. And I'm a green forest witch with a little bit of hedge magic in there too. So I'm really excited about this topic because it's like so my jam. And um, I'll probably be inspired to like put out a lot more fairy based stuff over on my YouTube channel, which is aesthetic style vlogging, which basically just means I'm not a talking head video. I love visuals. Um, So if you're interested in that and crafting and, you know, spellcraft and kind of the whole folk magic scene i think you'll really love my channel um but i just really love Steph, and thank you so much for having me back again i love this podcast i am a fan i'm a huge fan so i have heard some of the episodes where fairies were mentioned and my hope is to like not really repeat that but give you like a fresh take on Faye.
2: Yeah, and thank you so much for being here again. We did mention this in the episode earlier this year that you were going to come back and talk about fairies because yeah, that definitely is your jam. Your YouTube videos are beautiful. So I can't wait to see what else you're going to do with like fairy related content. But we also talked about how, yeah, what you, your version of fairy, like what that word means to you is very different than what we've talked about on this podcast here before. Definitely. Um, and I think
1: I, we should start with that because, you know, most people think of fairies as like the image of, you know, what we see in folklore, what we see in illustrations, these like tiny little beautiful beings, some not beautiful, <laughs> that float around and fly around and go hither and to, and um, they have their own spirit, they have their own thing and they're seen as really like real people and I think that's really beautiful but it's not actually the way that it's definitely the way that I that I came into working with fairy like and through my time working with fairy I would say over like six to eight years period of time um, it really changed like my interpretation of what fair like what fair what fae energy really is what fairies really are really changed based on my own experience and yeah i want to share that with you so i definitely like uh i don't really see them like in a scientific way if that makes sense like actual people that um have wings that float around i i i think it's beautiful to look at them in that way But I see them more as energy and energetic forces of the land. Um, So, how do you, Steph? Do you do you have any beliefs or feelings about fair? I'm just curious what your take is, actually.
2: Yeah. So I agree with you that it's you know energy and spirit. My practice is very animism based. um, So I believe that you know like everything has a spirit. Tree has a spirit. A rock has a spirit. And I believe that about Fae and, but I do believe that they sort of like take form and take shape like you talked about, but that we can't see it. I believe yeah. that there used to be a time where we could see the other worlds, but humans have evolved to not be able to see that anymore. So they, they yeah. do exist out there. It's just as humans, we can't see it because we have turned off, you know, our magical, senses. So, whereas, you know, many thousands of years ago, humans probably would have been able to see these creatures. Not that all of them have wings and float around. They're all very different. Um, But I believe at one point humans could see them and they're still out there and they could still interact with us. Like I have a brownie in my house, but I can't, I've never seen it like visually. I don't think that humans... Some people say that they've like seen them peripherally and and kind of have that. I've never actually seen one, but I believe that maybe some people could.
1: Cool. I um love. Thank you. I just I want to I want to like I think when we're talking like I just want to know where you're at. And I think that um, very similarly to what you expressed, I think that when we don't understand things. Or when we want to connect to something as humans we need to have imagery like we need to in order to like like if i want to share like here's an example so i'm i'm a plant witch so i spend a lot of time with plants <laughs> talking to plants living with plants working with plants both <laughs> in spell work but also in herbalism and you know like when i look at red clover for example And I look at the actual plant. I mentioned red clover because it's kind of like everywhere. So most people know what it looks like. You know, if I want to understand red clover and I want to, I would draw her, you know, I would draw her leaves and I would draw her beautiful flower and I would draw the colors. But if I want to draw the energy of red clover, it would look very, very different than the image of red clover. It would look more like, a teenager with wild hair and dirt everywhere. And it would probably look like, and I could go on. Right. So it's like, I do think that to some degree, a lot of what we have in print, this you know, the stories about Faye, the, you know, the fantasy version of Faye. Um, like that is where I'm a little bit controversial, where (laughs) I don't actually believe that that's true. That hasn't been my like living experience with the fairies. Like, I, I think that that's a way for us to understand the energetic force that is Fae. And I do believe, I do believe the same thing where um, it's almost like you're describing another dimension, right? So like there's different dimensions and some of us can see into those dimensions and we know as witches right some of us do have the power to see the dead to interact with the dead and it's similar to that you know i think there are people who have the ability to see forces that and kind of gain an imagery of that but i think for myself i think that there is definitely an energy that is fey there is an exchange that i've had many times that is fey but i have never actually personally seen Uh, the image of a fairy but I can imagine how one would get to that image because when you have these open experiences with and like relationships with plants specifically plants because I do believe that fairies have a guardianship over plants and plant spirits and and land spirits I think actually fairies it's (laughs) I think that fairies are land spirits I think they are the guardians of the plant kingdom Um, I think that some fairies also are guardians of different elements, like the water kingdom or the, the earth would be like plants, but, um, you know, you had mentioned brownies, that would be like the home, the spirit of the home. And so, yeah, so I guess breaking it down, I think it is a spirit that we are working with. And I think most people want to work with these spirits. Um, And it's hard to know like how to get started. I'd love to share my story about how this started because I, as a child, had no experiences with fairies. I didn't love fairies. I loved princesses, which is so not (laughs) like me either. I loved, you know, the story of the princess and, you know, the, the beauty and the castles and all of, I love fantasy in general, but I really wasn't drawn to like fairy stuff. But interestingly enough, I do have this underlying hedge ability. And so I have a lot of stories of interacting with land spirits. And I have a lot of stories like, like feeling different spirit energy in, in the, you know, in the woods. And I have I have one or two stories of feeling something a little scary not actually seeing it, but hearing a voice. And that was a little scary (laughs) as a child. (laughs) And I do believe that that was probably a brownie type spirit because I was in a home twice when it happened and I was under the age of 10. So, but again, with, even with memories, you have to be careful because, you know, children are, they live in a world of imagination and, I think also like there is similar undertones between like the hedge witch and children because I almost feel like hedge like has the ability to see things that children can see. And so there is this like correlation with, um, with children. And I myself work with children for a living and have for, for years. And my fairy story that I want to share is how it's really through children that I came to work with fairies. Um, So would you be willing to, do you want to hear that a little bit? Let's
2: definitely start there. I mean, what even got you
1: started? It was, you know, like most things, like most working with any land spirits or working with fairies, it usually starts with dreams. And I mentioned that in my own story, but also if you're a person who wants to work with fae energy, actually figuring out how to go into that lucid dream state or to actually you know, put energy and spell work into, um, having particular types of dreams opening up to that. Um, and it usually, it can happen by planning it, but usually because of just the nature of Fae, they're very spontaneous and they're like very picky. So like just being like, hi, I'm here, waving your hands around, like won't do it for them. You have to (laughs) like need them almost like you have to, Like you have to be open and actually like have a reason to to need them, if that makes sense. Sometimes you just have this thing happen and you're like, I wasn't expecting that. And that's typically like anybody I talk to who's started working with fairies or started working with the Fae energy, it's usually like not their doing. It's usually the fairies come to them. So for me, my story is I'm in my early 20s. I'm living in a tree house called Sky in Australia because I'm doing an internship as a permaculture design student, and so studying agriculture, basically, and I was offered this job. I was, it was, this it was right before the summer, so I was offered a position that I really wanted at a local summer camp where I was from. I'm from America. I'm from New York, and I was very, very young to be offered this, so I was nervous, and I was anxious, and I was like, well, how can I make this really fun for the kids? Like, How can I help them fall in love with plants the way that I have? And so I was thinking about it, and I was writing about it, and I was talking to everybody about it, and like nothing was really coming. Well, flash forward to going to sleep in this treehouse. It was a two-floor tree house. And the woman above me who was renting out that space was from Ireland and we just had a great time. We just connected right away, but I went to sleep. And so I'm spending all this time with someone who's Irish and, you know, with this beautiful Irish accent and we're just like spending weeks together. And then I had this moment where I was like, I've got to figure this out. And she's like, well, you know, just dream about, you know, it'll come, it'll come. She's so sweet. And this huge storm comes through And the tree house is like moving back and forth. And I just remember having this very, very intense dream coming in and out of a dream. So, very loose, like lucid, right? Where you're sort of still awake, but then you're asleep, but then all of a sudden you're awake again. And I dreamt that this fairy came and spoke to me. And she said, My name is Una, and I'm gonna help you on this journey that you are gonna take. And it's going to be the fae that are going to guide you through this. And in the dream, she like told me basically to um, wear this certain thing and you wanna wear moccasins and you want to, you know, become the fae. And so I wake up and it's like the weirdest dream. And I, you know, I'm young, I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to become this fairy and that's how I'm gonna teach. And so I called the director I'm like, just, just giving you a heads up. I'm coming back and um, I want, I don't want to be Heather. I want to be a character and I want to become the spirit of the garden. And he was like, Heather, you've never let me down. Go for it. (laughs) So I came into camp with all my friends, all my family, you know, flew back after my experience in Australia, flew back and I bought a dress. I bought the moccasins, the whole thing. And I wanted to look like the image in this dream. And I was like, I'm going to name myself Una. And it, that's how it began. I started, you know, I learned to speak with, I'm not going to do it because it's just embarrassing, but I'm, I learned to speak with an Irish accent. Oh, My really? friend convinced me that that's what I needed to do to take on the image of a fairy that I needed to tap into like my ancestry because I'm American and I'm you know I'm Irish but I'm you know I didn't grow up in Ireland and it's such a common part of the culture there and so I kind of use that as like a method acting situation and I really honestly looking back cannot believe how far this went for me and how much it came into my magic and my witchcraft and like how it's like kind of insane to me. Like all I was trying to do was like dress up as a fairy to like bring the kids into you know, this, this, this magical journey with me. And of course it worked. I mean, they fell in love with this character that I created that was half fairy and half uh, human and had, you know, all the qualities of Heather, all the knowledge and science of plants that Heather has, that, that I have. And then this other part of me that I was able to free um, through this like channeling of fey energy and then it became like three years of just me teaching in the summers and just falling in love with reading about fairies and dreaming about fairies. And it definitely, I think, pushed me into becoming more of like a druidy, folk witchy, you know, witch. And um yeah, so that's how it began. But then I started doing birthday parties for a living and as a fairy and I I had like probably 12 different costumes and it became this whole thing. And I, you know, there's a fairy festival near me. And so I would participate in that, um, for the weekend. And I raised my kids as like, they knew who fairy Uno was. And I wrote children, at uh, two children's albums. Um, and I started a camp for kids. It became like a place for kids that really wanted to, like had really deep imaginations and like weren't growing out of that and wanted to keep going with that into really like some of them up till 16 and probably beyond. Many of them, I'm still friends with the girls that I pulled together. We called ourselves the magic girls and we got together about four to six times a year and we wrote music together and just kind of lived into the fantasy of the Fae and were, you know, just, to me, Fey energy is like spontaneous creative energy. And it's organic and real and wild. And so there, you know, the wild spirit of the land is to me what Fey energy is. And so everything that I was doing with these children was really like shaped and guided by this sort of energy. And so we were constantly in the woods, constantly collecting things, just finding magic in. The mundane finding magic in our art and music and just activating you know that living fey energy in our work together and it just really it was years of just magic and dress up and so to me fey is this energy of wildness and i think that's the best one of the best ways to tap into Fae energy is just to um, tap into your inner child and be okay with that, and playful and creative, and try something new you've never tried. Excuse me, tried before. You know these were all the gifts of Fae in my life. Oh my God. And, and then I, then I still. It.
2: Oh, sorry. I could just talk for hours on this. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a great story. You're such a great storyteller. I'm like sitting here captivated. Oh, like, oh my gosh, what you want to hear more? i'm um, so glad you such love it a it's a fun way to have oh, and to to have that dream that's one of the most fun stories i've heard um somebody getting started with Faye and and Faye energy i just i love that and i have seen your costumes they're amazing
1: oh thank you i still wear costumes like i will wear costumes till i die <laughs> i'll probably be buried in a costume <laughs> <laughs> they look so good they're so detailed Thank you. I, I, I love Renaissance and I, you know, so that's a huge, I love, I love costume, but it is to me, that's playing with fey energy. So a lot of people are looking for, and it's not to say that people aren't going to be able to go out there and play with the land spirits, play with the fairies and see that and have a different interaction than I did. But to me, it's more, once I started interacting with it, I realized that a lot of it was within, if that makes sense was like, I already have this wild nature. I already have this childlike, um, you know, creative forces. And I feel like if one is seeking fay energy, they're probably seek- wanting that in their life. So, you know, to call in the fey to me is, is to open up to the wild creative life. Um, and I think you can do that in so many different ways. And one of my favorite ways is making fairy houses, which I think either if you haven't done it before, like you have to do it. It's so fun. And to, you know, for some of us, for some of us, we we believe that, you know, I don't believe this, but I'm just saying for a lot of us, which is we believe that we make these houses for the fae, for the land spirits. And I still make those houses just because I don't believe there's an actual fairy that's gonna live in there. I do believe that I am giving a home to the energetic forces of the land, if that makes sense. And I do believe that fairy houses are like, for me, I use fairy houses in my magic. So any kind of house structure to me is like a, a sort of a foundational energy or like a gateway energy even. So I like the idea of building a three-sided house usually with bark and I attach that usually with hot glue but you can also use like poly glue. If you use poly glue, you will be more successful with that going outside. If you use hot glue, that's really your indoor fairy house. But I I find three pieces of bark, attach them into a three-sided house with like the bottom being the longer piece. And then I like dry my own plants mushrooms all kinds of things that i find in the wild and then i use that to decorate and i like dye my own moss and you know all that fancy stuff but i mean you can just have moss and replenish i did this for years where you don't dye your own moss you just put your moss in there and then next year like just like your altar when you're like redoing your altar you redo your fairy house for the spring and it's kind of a beautiful you know it's beautiful to do for ostara for mayday um really any, any like warm season kind of vibe. Um,
2: I love that. I've never like, done it, but.
1: Oh, you've never done it? Oh, you have, have to never, do it. I'm not I'm, now I have to <laughs> I have I'm going to send you one.
0: I'm going to send you
1: one. Really? I, will, oh I will send you one by the end of the summer. I guarantee you, I will send you one because they are, you sent me your beautiful box, which I don't know if anyone has has tried your box before, but it's awesome. I love Thank your you. witch's box. Um, but I, yeah, I should have a fairy, fairy house
2: subscription. <laughs> <laughs> you should. It just sounds, amazing. I am not the best at any sort of arts and crafts, like any sort of like, well, I, I got
1: you. I'll just send you one. Um, but you can- <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, I, I do think like, if you were to use it magically to me, like for, okay. So for with kids, I like to do this with children where I bring out the fairy house in spring, actually right around um, really right around Ostara is when I'll start, but I'll do it. I'll do it all through until the fall where I bring out the fairy house and I have a little mailbox. And then I have like the fairies will write things about nature because I feel like what fairies do is they teach us about the land and about nature. So if I'm working with children, I don't, I try not to make it this like princessy thing. I try to make it very like, or like authentic land oriented. So even when the fairies will like leave treasures or things for us, it's always nature. It's always nature treasures. So like little mushrooms or little, you know, little gemstones or whatever. Um, and then I try to, um, you know, I'll write a note to the fairies and I'll be like, hi fairies, you know, it's the full moon. What are you doing? You know, and they'll write back. And so it's like when I'm writing and asking questions, I'm asking questions about nature and then I'm letting the fairy educate the child. So instead of me being like, and the moon, blah, 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 um, they're hearing it from a fairy and boy, do they listen way better when it's through a fantasy version of what the land is trying to teach us. So it's, it's so, I just, I love fairies as a tool because I'm a preschool teacher. So it's just such a great, great way to teach kids, but it's also such a wonderful way to like enliven your childlike nature. So like having a fairy house on your altar and then using it in spell work, the easiest way to do that is just to see it as a gateway. So like for many of us, we can communicate to the other side. Some of us cannot do that. And that's okay if you can't naturally, um, you know, we all have intuition that can turn on and off and we can like practice turning on and off. So there is some element there of, you know, what you want on the other side. So whether it's, I want to communicate physically to the other side by jumping the hedge, or I want to communicate to myself and use this house as a gateway to communicate and awaken things. So it can be used in multiple ways and it, it it can really cross into, you know, religious, non-religious, which like you can go nuts with just figuring out how it goes into your practice. Um, but uh, that's how I use a fairy house and I decorate it and it's just, it just brings out the whimsy um, you can make it like fall and then make it like, so you can like, it's so cool. <laughs> I, I love, I love the idea of like, cause you know, I, well, that's what our altar is for altar is like a place to bring nature and bring like, you know, the season there's always a seasonal element. I mean, I think for most of us, maybe not all of us, but there's usually typically some sort of seasonal element We're either honoring the, um you know, the different seasons, we're honoring the different bits of nature that we're finding. And, you know, little gent, things find our way to our altar. Absolutely. but fairy houses, I think are a great place to have, like, it's a great place to, (laughs) um, to do that. And I, I will also keep like my sigils. Sometimes I'll keep sigils in my fairy house. I see it as like a, like a, like a sacred place almost like a, like it's like, there's like, there's something guarding over it um because it's something like energetically like magical and so I will put like special things in there or I'll put sometimes I'll charge jewelry in there or I'll cleanse things in there yeah so fairy houses are just super it's such a it really is super useful and it's such a great like way to get into starting because a lot of us we don't have a green thumb we're not like out there in our garden. I am particularly out there in my garden, but there's so many people who live in the city. They don't have access. They don't want to like go to the park. They don't have time to go to the park. You know, all they're seeing is like things coming through the sidewalk, which is a wonderful and beautiful thing to stop and see. But you're not going to be able to like, not everybody's going to be able to like go in the woods and like build fairy houses. So it's
2: such an easy, accessible way to bring
1: nature into your home.
2: Yeah. And I'm, and that's me. I'm in the city. <laughs> so I love that. That's, you know, a way to use that, to bring in nature. If you're otherwise feeling disconnected, also to be able to include your family and your kids in that, because that is a question I get all the time is how can I incorporate kids in my witchcraft? How can I teach them? Um, it sounds like the information coming yes. out from a
1: fairy is the way to go. It so is. And it's just, it takes, okay. So let me just talk about that because you brought it up. <laughs> I think I mentioned it a little bit, but I really do believe that children, children, they have an underdeveloped, underdeveloped brain, right? They're, that's what their job is. Their job is to develop their brain. And they, most children like already just right from the start feel magic. They feel energies. They, And it's very, very hard for them to process and understand that. And there are some of most children, I'm not saying all of them, but I would say like, if I was going to give it a number, 60 to 80% are very, very sensitive. They're sensitive to emotions. They're sensitive to what the room feels like. That has to do with the fact that their brain is underdeveloped. Now, as they age, that changes, and so you'll see a you'll see children somewhere between eight and fourteen. They're, they don't need to talk about life through a fantasy version or through a you know a a being. They can just talk about life and they can talk about magic and they talk, they can talk about everything from an adult perspective, but they really can't do that until their brain has grown enough. And so a great way to teach them and educate them about magic and about really anything to do with craft is through a fantasy version, through story. Um, Fairy tales in general are such a great way to educate, to bring witchcraft into your family because... like fantasy fairy tales have so much magic already in the story for you like you don't need to do anything you could just tell them those stories um some of them are a little old so you just want to like kind of update them read them ahead of time maybe (laughs) take out the parts that are (laughs) there's sometimes in in old fairy tales you'll find some stuff that really doesn't work for our time anymore um (laughs) true But but generally the undertone and the characters and the messages that are trying to be portrayed can be preserved through that language. And I I also think that because it's old language and like you were saying before, there's been a time when we can feel and see things and, and it was long ago. And so some of these older fairy tales that are, you know, really old have messages. They have information from our ancestors, from our old, from the old witches. So it's really, you know, some of the messages, like I said, are not the messages you want to share, but there (laughs) is a lot of knowledge there that can be told through story. And I also encourage any witch to, if you don't have a family, um, read stories, read old stories. Old stories have a lot of fantasy knowledge that is enriched with a lot of our our old culture. In fact, we had to hide for parts of our culture in parts of many cultures, witchcraft had to be hidden. And so you'll find a lot of stuff in fairy tales, hidden in fairy tales. Um, So it's just, yeah, it's really, 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 really a good thing to do. And fairy energy is just usually so welcome um, with children. And you don't have to, the other thing a lot of people ask me when they're working with kids and they're you know teaching their craft or they're teaching about nature through, through fantasy, through fairy. And again, it doesn't have to be fantasy to you. It might actually be real to you. And so to each their own. Um, but at some point, your child is going to ask you if you believe in fairies. And if you don't, they will know that you're lying.
0: <laughs> so it's really
1: important to, if you actually, you know, whatever you truly believe, that you authentically hold that and transfer them into the adult image of what you want them to have. Um, to, you know, because a lot of times the children that I worked with, I mean, I, we played fantasy version of fairy. And eventually they came to me and said, well, what really is this that we've been doing? And it's like, well, okay, hi, I'm a witch. And so (laughs) let me explain this to you. And let me tell you the adult version of what magic is. And yes, for some of this, we were playing into a fantasy version. We were playing into fairy. But actually, that was just because at that time of your life, that's how you could understand the real magic of the world. And now you're older. And now we can really talk about the real magic of the world through an adult perspective. And so it's a gentle conversation that one has to have and there. The child really has to be ready, but you can actually have this fantasy version of it happening and then slowly work toward whatever's next for them. And you just pay attention to your child because they'll start asking you things and you'll kind of know it's time. Um, It's kind of like the Easter bunny, you know, or like (laughs) Santa claus or any of that at some point you're gonna have to have that conversation and you don't want to break the magic because those two creatures actually in my from my perspective actually hold quite a bit of magic for children and and that fantasy version fairies are in a little bit of a different category like versus those two other things that most people know about but like the tooth fairy right if you did nothing with fairy magic but you only did the tooth fairy then all of a sudden the tooth fairy becomes very similar to, you know, the Easter bunny or whatever. And so, you know, if you are really teaching them real magic through, through fairy, then you just, you want to just be gentle and like kind of have this slow conversation over time when they're ready, but to trans just like to help them transition out to not seeing it as fantasy anymore, if that makes sense, because you're raising your child maybe as a witch um yeah so it's a little bit of like a, each case is a little different but i guess you get, get my general
2: gist yeah and i think that's a, a good point because you're teaching them or you know sort of raising them with this fun fantastical idea of a fairy but you and i both believe that that fairy you know maybe not flying around in that fantasy way but that their energy is very real So you're not even transitioning from Santa exists to Santa doesn't exist. You're transitioning from, okay, maybe not everybody looks like Tinkerbell, but this energy is still very much real.
1: Yeah. And you have to be, otherwise they can, because children will also be told at school and other places, they'll be told that that's not true. That's a lie, you know, like, so it's in your own family values, like you have to, you have to spend time talking to them about it so that they'll transition to understanding what that is, because there are they're going to hear on the other side that it's not real or that you know that kind of stuff. So in that way, it's very similar to like the Easter Bunny. But you're right; it's not like black or white. It's like layers of gray, um, and it is a personal choice, like with how you're like you know, because you could be not raising yourself. You could be a witch raising your child without witchcraft because of whatever the reason and some people have to do that for whatever the reason and so but this is a way also i guess i should mention that cuz fairies are accepted in our in most cultures as a fantasy version and so you actually could play a little bit with that for a time but then you might have to transition them out and but the cool thing is that later in life they may come back to it and that could be a nice in for someone who has to, you know, raise their child without teaching them true magic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's still a tool for any parent, um, whether, yeah. So, but I will, I want to talk a little bit about uh, communicating to Faye. If
2: we have time, I don't even know what time it is. Do we have <laughs> time? We have, yes, we have time. And let's dive into that, which I think is, well, you let me know if, if this is part of it, but I think this might potentially be a good time of year for that. Let me know if you believe that, but when this episode is coming out, we are, we are two weeks from Beltane from May Day, and that is considered high fairy energy time. Um, do you find that to be true? And do you find that that's a good time to sort of communicate with them and with that energy? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, Beltane is like
1: the festival of fae energy. It's the rising. It really, I mean, it truly is like, that's when every fairy festival is happening right around Beltane. We're all running around maypoles, just magical beings, just (laughs) awakening the, the, uh, the energy of life that is about to, you know, everything's starting to grow. Everything's starting to flourish. Um, depending on where you live, um, it might be re-flourishing. Like if you live in Florida or something, you'll have like a wave of new energy. Um, whether it's like in, in, in like more temperate climates, you're going to see like a very different experience. But if you live in a, um, like a tropical climate, you'll actually feel a new wave of energy come in and you'll see a lot of flowering and you'll see different plants flowering more so at this time of year. So it's very interesting. I've lived in tropical countries before and, it is different. Like when you, you know, to, to live in a temperate climate, it's so drastically different from each season to the other. Whereas when you live in a tropical climate, you're not, you're not actually, or a desert climate also, you're, you're kind of things are blooming all the time, but there's waves of energy of bloom energy that comes in and may day typically everywhere um, in that part of the world is there is these waves of, of, energy and life is, th- is thriving. So um, yeah, that was like a long answer to yes.
2: <laughs> <But> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, I think um, one of the things that kids ask me because th- I tell them the stories of Una. And so I have like this whole, like, it's almost like my own, um, you know, Potter stories, <laughs> but like my own version of <laughs> you know this fairy and her whole life and anyway um the kids always ask me well in in when i tell them the story i it's i i am myself in the story and i go to sleep and then i wake up you know i fall through the air into the frog pond and there's this little frog that like pushes the lily pad always and then i fall in the water And that's when I'm Una. And then I walk through the gates, the giant gates, the black gates that look like giants uh, live there until I can find the fae, the fae fae troop that I interact with. And then Bumble, um, so her name is uh, the queen bee is Bumblebee and she's the queen of the, the bees. And she gives me my wings for that time, that session that I'm in dream time. And then toward the end of whatever the story is about, I'm trying to stay awake because I don't want to leave fairyland, but then I wake up and I'm in my bed again. I'm myself. So this whole version of going into a dream, going into this fantasy or going into this other dimension, visiting, and then coming back again is, has always been in my stories. It's it's in all fair, fairy stories. Like it, this is just a very typical, um, story that's told, like when you fall into fairyland, time passes, you know, it's fast or it passes slow or whatever, but you're going into a different dimension. And so time is experienced differently. And anybody who is like, I'm not sure if I believe, I'm not sure if I don't believe, like, I don't know if I've had these experiences. The best way is to say, if you've ever had deja vu, you've jumped time. So deja vu is basically like, your spirit has gone forward in time to check in on everything, to make sure things are good. And then it comes back and it gives you intuitive feelings based on if something's wrong or something's not wrong, right. And so that's what I believe deja vu to be is going forward in time and then coming back. And you know, I can't, I'm not sciencey enough to know, is that a dimension shift? Is that, what is that? But what I can say is that that is very similar, that experience of deja vu and that intuitive feeling that you have. And it's like, I've been here before. That very much is what it's like to go to fairy lands, to have this experience of working with land spirits and to go into that dimension. So it's one thing to be in the garden and feel something and have these plant spirit interactions. And there's another thing to completely leave your body and go into the dimension that they're from, if that's, if that makes sense. And so if you are, if you have any abilities in like hedge abilities, so if you've ever like, you know, in your dreams dreamt about the dead, dreamt about your relatives, or maybe, you know, right after a funeral, and someone's died. You have an experience where you're lucid dreaming and you see that person. You, you might even feel like you've seen them and you might have actually seen them, or you have a communication with a spirit, whether it's someone, you know, dead relative or it's a brand, like random person that you have an experience with. You likely have the ability to also go into um, working with land spirits and working with Fae energy. And a lot of this, again, with my story that I told you in the beginning, I had no idea I can do any of that. I could do any of that. And it was really through like opening that Pandora's box, opening that door, listening to that dream and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take on this accent. I'm going to talk to all of my friends and family members <laughs> for, I'm serious, an entire like eight weeks. Um my feet actually had mold on them because uh I like wore those moccasins every day in like the <laughs> oh, wet <God>. dew <laughs> of the garden. I like actually had like gross mold growing on me. Um I, I like really literally embodied <laughs> that spirit. Um yeah, it it's just it's and yeah, so the whole point is just to say that you can have these experiences for some of us you can do it while you're waking for some of us you have to do it through your dreams and you also could tap into and learn how to lucid dream or how to meditate meditation is actually like the first wave of lucid dreaming so it's that is a really great way if you want to try and tap into face spirit or land spirits or whatever you want to call them Um, but yeah it's another dimension so that's pretty much what I believe. And that's been my experience.
2: So in your experience, because I get questions about this a lot about people who are, because of all the myths and stereotypes, afraid of Faye. They think that that they're going to trick them or hurt them or any of these number of things that give the Faye energy a bad rap. So in your experience, because this is my experience, I have found that if you aren't interested, totally closed off. Do not want to work with that sort of energy. Don't want it in your life. They are not going to approach you or bother you. I've, I've never experienced that. They would bother me if I'm not open to it. Has that been your experience too? hundred percent.
1: Yep. I don't, there's nothing that is going to come through from the other side without your permission. I really, really truly believe that I do. I do think that, um, I do think that you could have an, yeah, see, I don't see the, my experience of Faye has not been, you know, they talk about trick, trickiness, trickster kind of vibe, um, you know, very like naughty, kind of um, benevolent. I've never experienced that. I've only really experienced this like very light, airy, kind, um, not of this world, but and interesting but never never anything for me and maybe that's because you're right Steph like I'm not okay with that like nope I'm I will not allow that into my sphere so um but you know I do think that plays a little bit of a role with like if you think about like all our folklore you know like you know we have vampires we have I don't mean to bring that up and but it there are a lot of benevolent type, when we don't understand something, we, we create a way to cope with it. And we do it usually through, it's in our stories. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that's why I think storytelling is such a brilliant tool with working with children um, and human beings in general. But I do think that, you know, I, I actually don't believe that they're naughty at all or, or bad at all. But that's been my experience. Like I haven't, maybe I would change my mind if I had a, a different experience, um, but I, I actually just have never had that experience. Um, but I love the, like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the best answer
2: I have. Yeah. I just want to assure people who are sort of like afraid um, that you really oh, don't, yeah. you don't, you don't need to be because I, I've spoken you know with you and, and a lot of other which is who whatever version of fae that they've they've worked with or what they believe in it kind of all comes down to treating other energies and spirits with respect and yeah. demanding that same respect in return treat other people and other things the way you want to be treated so if you are not open to that kind of energy they they're, they're, they're not, it's not going to seek you out i just feel like It needs to be said, like you don't need to be afraid. It's nothing bad is, is really going to happen if you're not open to it.
1: Yeah. And I, I would say though, that, um, I guess I would say like, if you have hedge ability though, like I've had moments where like things can happen, like without my permission in a way, like specifically with the dead. Um, and so I think it's really important to really understand the Fae spirit before you get involved in this, because your image of what you see is what you might get, if that makes sense. And I don't, I don't think you'll ex- ever experience anything truly. I, I just don't see them as a force that's like evil. Um. Yeah. So. Um, but I do think that it's the legitimate fear like just because I've had fears like as a young witch and then all of a sudden seeing something that I wasn't expecting Um, but that's typically not been fairies like that was you know more like spirits that are dead you know so it's but it can be like you can spend years just completely shut down for that like you don't some of us Some of us are more psychic witches and so it's hard to control it, but you can learn to protect yourself and control that. And if you are one of those people, talk to someone who's an expert, talk to someone who's had this experience and learn to put wards and protection in place. Um, I guess, I don't know, when you brought that up, I just wanted to say, because I have had not ever negative experiences with Faye, but I have had some like scary stuff happen no one's ever no one hurt me or anything. It's just it was a little vivid and scary for me. Um, and so it has like made me not gone too far into my hedge abilities because um because there I think it's a legitimate fear. You know, I think it's a normal thing to fear something that you can't control. And it would be if you were like, I'm gonna go work with the Fae and I'm gonna try this, but then you know, not know that, like, you can shut that down real fast. You know, if something doesn't feel right for you or something doesn't feel good for you, definitely um, just stop and just, you know, turn and walk away and do something (laughs) different. And that's the best thing I can say. I, 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 I didn't mean to, like, not be, but, like, I wanted to be realistic because there are people who might be like me who... You know, it's, it's, it can be scary to work with a for something you can't see, you know, it's not, yeah, yeah, that's the best, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't, I don't want to yeah. scare anybody, but at the same time, like,
2: <laughs> yeah, with the fay though, you're, you're much more in control than, I think so, and it's, it's much, it's much more
1: of a calm, you know, chill energy and, um, Yeah. So, and the land is beautiful. And it's like when we go into the forest, we're never afraid, you know? If it gets a little dark, we might get afraid and we just leave. (laughs) So it's kind of like that. (laughs) You're in control (laughs) then. You're always in control to to the majority, like the majority of your interactions are going to be completely in control. And a good way to like image, like the majority of, imagery for Fae is like flowers and goodness and kindness and love. And the land just wants to give, you know the earth just wants to give to us. That's the nature of the land. Um, they want to be treated with love and kindness but, they, but the land wants us to interact and wants us to get out there and interact. And fairies are such a wonderful way to fall in love with the land. Um, and that was kind of what my main message that i wanted to portray was is that you know it's a wonderful thing and it's something that was completely unexpected for me i had no idea that that was going to be what happened for me and i had no idea that i would write about them and that i would have all these experiences and it's just been nothing but blessings for me so i just i want to thank the fae for being <laughs> these amazing forces and just being such a guide for me and i if you're someone who has wanted to awaken that I would say go for it it's been nothing but positive for me
2: I think that is a great message to share and to end on <laughs> because we've already been chatting about a for an hour so I know we both have more to say on the topic but um I Always. also know <laughs> that you have a whole YouTube channel to share and I'm sure you will have fairy and nature well, you have nature-based content every single day, but other than that, I'm sure you will have specific for Beltane and all of that coming up. So if anybody wants to know more, see more, have any questions for you, then I will have um, your Instagram and YouTube linked so they could see more and get more involved and pick your brain if they have more fake questions. Definitely. And you can
1: always hit me up on Instagram. I'm actually really responsive. So um, yeah. I look forward to it.
2: Well, thank you again so much for being here. Um, I know everybody loves hearing from you. Um, so I appreciate all your, your time and, and dedication you put into your topics. <laughs> well,
1: it's, 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 it's such a pleasure to be with you, Steph. You're just such a light and I just love the work that you do. So invite me back anytime and uh, blessings to your magic. And may you find the wild.
2: I love that. This is my favorite saying of yours. (laughs) And listeners, that is everything that we have for you this week on the Faye. And we will both be sharing more content on our platforms about Faye and Beltane coming up, all those fun things. So be sure to check us out there. And otherwise, I will see you next week.
0: I want to take a moment to introduce and thank today's sponsor, the Etsy store known as Lenore Blue since 1999 lenore blue has been creating small batch botanical sensory delights vegan wellness wares and whimsical witchery ritual tools merging nature and spirit products include natural and essential oil perfumes eco-friendly plant wax candles natural spritzers diffuser oils skincare, therapeutic bath and body as well as their own organ handmade and homegrown magical celtic herb wands Magic Powder Loose Incense, and Full Moon Fragrances line. Remember, you are the magic. Be the magic. I will have everything linked in the podcast notes to make this easier for you, but you can find Lenore Blue on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Etsy, all under Lenore Blue or at L-E-N-O-I-R-B-L-E-U. Thanks again, Lenore Blue, for making this podcast possible. Back to the episode. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropid chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at whichwednesdays.com.